Hello everyone and welcome back to a brand new podcast, episode 150 of your favourite Formula 1 show. Yes, we're, we're halfway through another century of Knowing Wheel. Of course, we're now into the winter break once again. But I'm joined as always by JB183. How are we doing, my guy? I'm good. I uh, yeah, was away for the weekend, which was lovely. Uh, but we're back and we're ready to talk about Formula One all over again for four months. <laughs> so hopefully not in one episode, but yes, lots to go over in the Formula One world. Actually, not not so much. There's one one actual bit to go over, which wasn't in the notes uh, since last week's. No, well, we episode. haven't really got notes this week, have we? No, the the worst kept secret in the paddock. Uh, Logan Sargent has retained his seat. So well done, Logan. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Him Give again him a round of applause. Before. Well done. We 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 basically been saying this didn't, for the last few weeks. Didn't want to ruin weeks, the microphone we? there, so I just did a no, no. <laughs> so to be honest, we spoke about this a few weeks ago, didn't we? Because it was the last driver that hadn't been confirmed, mm. uh, and it says it all when I already thought he had been confirmed for yeah. next year. Um, yeah. But yeah, contracts are you know signed, everything like that. As Fabrizio Romano would say, here we go. Um, <laughs> is is a that a reference football reference, you. Jamie? That is very good from you. Thank you, thank you. Um, but it does officially mean, for the first time ever in Formula 1, there are no driver moves as we head into 2024. Well, don't speak How- too soon. Well, yeah, we'll wait and see. However, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this, Jamie. I believe it's all but four, five drivers' contracts expire at the end of next year. All but wow. five. So I believe it's for Stappen, both McLarens and both Mercedes. Apart from them, everyone else's contract is up next Not year. Not like so Leclerc is not signed past 2024. Wow. I believe he's on a rolling contract that they can add rolling to down a cliff each year. Well, basically, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't believe Leclerc has got a contract, a contract wow. extension past 2024 as of right now, which is wild. Mm. So it could be a big year. They're going to hype it up once again. <laughs> we are, we are going to gas it up um, once more. But today, though... Um, we, we've got a bit of a fun podcast to go through. Now, Jamie is going to be working a lot behind the scenes. However, it's time for our F1 2023 predictions review. Yes, 49 episodes ago, episode 101, the start of the 2023 Formula 1 season, Jamie and I ranked all 10 teams in where we'd finish in the constructors and all 20 drivers. Now, we didn't predict um, that De Vries would get sacked halfway through the year <laughs> or that Ricardo would break his wrist after coming back to Formula 1. Uh, so we're missing a couple of drivers there. But to try and make it as simple as possible for ourselves, we're going to run a golf format in which the lowest score is going to be your winner today. So it kind of gives us a good chance to run back through where we predicted everyone for the 2023 season uh, and and just how far wrong we we got most of them. So (laughs) for every one you were out, you gain a point. And of course, yeah, lowest score wins by the end of this. Uh, So the perfect score would be zero, but obviously that's not going to happen. No. (laughs) Um, Otherwise, we should have put a lot of money on it. And of course, there's a little bit of trick work as well with Ricardo and Lawson in means some drivers move up some spots uh, and other drivers obviously don't move around at all. Uh, So we're going to run this back in the real life 2023 constructors order, uh, which was Ferrari. Jamie, obviously finishing... Sorry, Haas even. Sorry? Haas Ferrari. That's good. <laughs> finishing they last. this season. <laughs> no, finishing last in the Constructors. Um, and we both predicted them eighth overall. 
So instantly, we did. that's two points. Instantly two points each, which is not the best work from us. Uh, where did their drivers finish out of curiosity? I know that Hulkenberg did beat Magnussen, which I will stand on the hill very proudly of. Yeah, because um, you did get that... Well, you got that correct. Um, so if I remember <laughs> correctly, drivers-wise, uh, Magnussen was 19th, Hulkenberg was 16th. But effectively, Magnussen was 18th because he lost to Ricardo. Yes. So... 16th and 18th I actually put them 15th and 16th so slightly optimistic there Hockenberg in 15th gives me a plus one and Magnussen gives me a plus two yes. and you put them Nico Lukenberg in 16th Bang on, we're on for a good start. I'm, I'm doing well. I predicted Hulkenberg. <laughs> That's one in the to right me. place. <laughs> and in 14th, you put Kevin Magnussen. Yeah, we, we don't so, talk about Magnussen. So four outs there. So, so despite uh, why, getting one of those correct, um, I, I, I scored worse. <laughs> why do we think they? Why do we think they were going to be good? Is the because question. they finished like seventh last year, didn't they? They or did eighth last year. And, and I, technically, I think... they improved their driver lineup. Yeah. Um, well, you don't agree because you put Hockenberg down 17th. So that's no, I still believe Schumacher would have done worse <laughs> than that. Uh, yeah, no, I think... Fair it, enough. Well, what's it, the, the fantastic stat, isn't it, that has to score more points by the end of Saudi Arabia last year than they did all season this campaign. Yeah. Which is pretty disastrous. It just was not a good year for Haas, was it? All things not considered. And there was a good car in there somewhere, I think. Especially eh. early season, but it was just yeah. poor in its tires, really poor in its tires. Because Hockenberg got what seven or eight Q3s. He he was ringing the neck in qualifying, not so much in the race, sadly, but he was quite limited. But no. yeah, disappointing season for Haas, obviously finishing last for the uh, third time in four years. No, second right? time. Second They've only three. finished last okay. once before. Right. Yeah. And they definitely had a better card this time round than they did that time. Although, I don't saying know. that, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, no, this, this is something we definitely need to talk about one day. I reckon that Haas was actually not a bad car. They just had two awful drivers in it. Um, yeah, for, obviously, especially for Mick, obviously because he couldn't, you know, he had nothing to sort of base it on or build it on. I reckon mm. that car was not the backmarker everyone makes it out to be. I don't believe Haas have ever built a true backmarker still. Not that any team really did this year. No, it's true. It's very true. Um, yeah, so we're slightly optimistic there, which is a shame, but we yes. shall move on. Yeah, the same can also be said, Jamie, for Alfa Romeo. Obviously finished ninth in the yes. Real Life 2023 season. <laughs> we both predicted them again in seventh. You'll notice there's a running theme of us predicting teams in all m- mainly the same order. Uh, Zhou Guanyu, 18th. Bottas, 15th. Okay, but Joe did lose to Ricardo, so effectively, again, was 17th. Yes, yeah. I, uh, I We actually both got the drivers in the right order, at least, so we both thought Bottas would do better. Yeah. Uh, I put Bottas in 12th. I put him 13th. A solid, a solid plus 3, uh, and a solid plus 2 for you, so that's good. I put Joe optimistically hopium-induced 13th. Yeah, that, that was brave. <laughs> so that's a plus 4, and you put him down in 16th. 15th. So only one out. 15th. Oh, 15th, sorry. Yes. So two out. Uh, again, too optimistic. We uh, we had a bit too much hope in the Alfa Romeo dream team. I think, to be honest, with the lower midfield teams, I kind of just pick some teams I want to have, want to back because my favourite drivers drive for them and put them slightly too high. <laughs> yeah, it but... was a weird one, wasn't it? I think because we both... And to be fair... When you look at probably the overall pace of the car, 
certainly Haas the and Alfa Romeo probably deserve to be ahead of Williams and Alfa Tauri. It was just Williams and Alfa Tauri nailed the idea of, well, you're not going to score points most weekends, so you may as well have a car that can score points on a few weekends, but a fair yeah. few points. I would say, on average, Alfa Romeo probably had the 7th or 8th fastest car. But it was yeah. just, they never had more than the 7th fastest car, no, really. they consistently were 7th to ninth. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, like, whereas, don't go hungry. Uh, whereas Williams and Alfa Tauri obviously just rocked up randomly in 6th or 7th on occasion. So... Yeah, it was a learning season for Alfa Romeo. They're obviously keeping the same drivers next year, which is good news for Joe Guan Yu fans, such as myself. All four of you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yes, it was a disappointing season. Again, the car had some sort of pace locked in there somewhere, I believe, but just never enough to really score trouble the points very regularly. No, again, it seems like another year, didn't it, where Ferrari uh, B teams were kind of you know, left out a little bit. And, you know, especially... It's just weird, isn't it? Because, of course, it's kind of dependent on Ferrari's momentum, isn't it? For both of those teams, it still Mm. feels like. Obviously, Haas take as many parts as they can from Ferrari. Alfa Romeo, not so much. Um, But they might might be one, obviously, that's kind of just everything's thrown away at the moment and all effort is on the future. They might be in for a couple of really bad seasons as Sauber again. Yeah, hopefully not. But uh, they could be. They need to do well enough that Audi don't don't pull the plug. I, I don't Audi believe are. Audi will. I've, we've yeah. seen all the speculation, haven't we? But I don't believe they will. Uh, moving on, though, up into P8 was, of course, Alpha Tauri. We, we thought they were on a big run of momentum towards the end of the year. And they did almost pip Williams to 7th. Mm. Um, but, of course, yeah, Nick DeFries, 22nd overall. The only driver to not score points course gets bumped up to 20th by virtue of Lawson uh, and Daniel Ricciardo uh, however Yuki Tsunoda a very very good job in P14 in the end didn't he was comfortably yeah. better than all the backmarkers with the exception of Albon yes yeah so uh, sadly we as you might expect had slightly lower hopes than what what amounted for AlphaTauri I put them in 10th place in last place so that's obviously another plus two there and you put them ninth, so just a little plus one so you're actually slightly beating me at this point, but uh, on the constructors at least. Drivers-wise, this is going to be fun. I put Sonoda in 19th. No, wait, what? Yeah, no, I didn't. you did. You put we Sonoda put behind De Freeze. We both said, I think our logic behind it was that we both thought De Freeze would pick up, a, like he would get the count back, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like you bitted it on Russell a couple of years ago. We said Sonoda would be better, but they'll... That'll be the other way around. Yeah. But like, yeah, so clearly very wrong there. Snowder up in 14th, nets me a plus five. Oh dear. And nets you a plus four, because you had an 18th place. Not great. Not great for either of us Nick DeVries uh, gets me a plus two, sadly. And you a plus three. Clearly our title of the podcast needs some rethinking. Yeah. <laughs> so far yeah. this is not going great. It's not it's not but, perfect, but to be fair, we haven't had any that are alarmingly out so far. No, only the plus five. Any more than five, I'd I'd be a Who, little Who was that you on a plus five? Was Sonoda it? got me a five, yeah. Ah yes, yeah. It's a shame in the end for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a weird year for Alphatari. I think we kinda of just thought they they're the only team that aren't here to win in Formula One, which is a weird a weird concept in itself. But that I kind of just thought that would leave them in last place. And towards the beginning of the season, it kind of looked like it might be coming true. Yeah, 
again, you know, but again, we, I, I especially, I remember being very, very vocal, saying that Alf Tarry wasn't that bad. It was just DeFreeze was doing a shocking job, and Sonoda was doing okay. Uh, you know, going up against Ricardo, though, he has showcased that you know this year he has been a quickish driver. But of course, basically, what happened was Alpha Tauri slapped on a load of parts towards the end of the year, Red Bull parts at that, and from Singapore onwards, they probably were the seventh fastest car. Yeah, every weekend reliably, so. but just could not quite get to Williams. No, they gave it a good go, but um, Sonoda's stock has definitely gone up this season, I think, which is a good, a solid season for someone driving a midfield car, to be honest. Yeah, but he'll be off to Aston Martin anyway, won't he, in the future? Yeah, so I it's not, not too big of a concern. <laughs> Either way, uh, Williams, of course, seventh place overall in the Constructors' Championship. We Again, Williams, we did not have high hopes for as we went no. into the season. Uh, I predicted him 10th, you predicted him 9th. Uh, and drivers-wise, yep. of course, Sargent was effectively 19th because he beat DeFreeze but was actually 21st. Uh, but Albon, P13, it really was a fantastic year by young Alexander, wasn't it? Who I think it beat was. both of our expectations. He did. We both put Sergeant P last, so only the plus one, which is not bad going. And I put Alvin in 17th, which is respectable. Uh, what's that? A plus, plus three? Plus four. Uh, no, plus four. Oh, yeah. Well, it's worse news for you because you put him 19th. Oh, I've got a plus six <laughs> on Alvin. That is a disaster. I really Indeed did think do. Williams were just going to scrap this season. Yes, uh, and obviously James Vowell is doing a great job, I think, we can all agree. Probably second team principal of the season. Him or Fred Vasseur, probably. Why would uh, Fred Vasseur be team principal of this year? He's right. first year at Ferrari, got a win. What more can you ask? You win a championship with Ferrari? <laughs> they got absolutely... They finished third overall. They did worse they than did, last year. Yeah, don't get so. me wrong, I don't think Fred's to blame for all of that. I really like Fred as a team principal. I think he is probably what Ferrari need to steady the ship. But, I mean, really, can you argue either again? I'd say Val's actually has probably done the best job. And I know I can already read the comments now saying, oh, look at Christian Horner. It, it, <laughs> it was Adrian Newey that did that. Val. And yes, <laughs> I get it. They've kept credit. him happy. Yeah, Christian, you can have a little bit of credit. <laughs> uh, but I think uh, James Val's is definitely my TP of the season. I think it's hard to go against the man who led the team to uh, the most ever wins in a season. So, but Vals will be second place. He's Hang on been a minute. Excellent. You and just put him third, at least behind Vals and Fred Vasseur. No, no, I said Vals was second best behind Horner. I was saying it was. No, Vassar. you said Vasseur. No, that's <laughs> not what I meant. You just did. Maybe, maybe it was poor communication. <laughs> I meant uh, Horner is obviously number one for me. Right, okay. And uh, Vals and Vasseur are battling for P2. Fair so. enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Yes, um, uh, not the best. Although we did have Alvin to beat Sargent, but I don't think we deserve much credit for that. No, no, exactly. We we but, both knew it was going to be a yeah, struggling. Yeah, Williams are on the up. They could be. Could they be troubling Alpine next season? I think Alpine are really going to have to watch their backs next year. Not necessarily just from Williams, but I think Alpha Terry as well could be first. Yeah, I think Alpine could be in big trouble next year, or they get a performance buff from. Um, Formula One. Speaking of Alpine, though, Jamie, probably the loneliest team, wasn't it, heading into the new, uh, heading yes. into this season, or by the end of this season? You know, questions I'm sure are being raised within that organisation. You've seen Aston Martin and you've seen McLaren both showcase, so it's possible to you know get with Ferrari, Mercedes, and Red Bull at the top of the table. 
Alpine still aren't managing it. However, we both did predict them P5 ahead of McLaren this year, so the less said about that, the better. Um, I predicted Ocon would just pip Gasly. You said it the other way around, uh, but we went ninth and 10th for both their drivers. Both of us went ninth and 10th. So Gasly finished 11th, Ocon 12th in real life. So that gets me a 2 and a 2. And me a 3 and a 1. Yeah, so no no difference at all, really. No. Uh, yes. So sadly, both slightly too high. Although we were massively lulled in by McLaren being way worse than we thought in testing. Uh, well, they well, were they actually were that early bad. on. Yeah. Yeah, they were that bad until the uh, the old Austria buff, wasn't it? But yeah, Alpine really were battling themselves. They had a few. I think the drivers had fairly good seasons each, but just. It was, it was one of those weird ones, wasn't it? Where it was probably quite difficult to have a bad season in that car. I guess neither of them got trounced by the other, which is good. Um, yeah, but I think Gasly the, probably the, just about had the better season, obviously finishing ahead, but Ocon yes, was very unlucky. And got screwed over right towards the end of the campaign a couple of times as well. Gasly probably should have had a 15-20 point lead, especially when you look at like Vegas and stuff. Mm. Um, but and I Australia, think yeah, it was more consistent. Yes. They threw away a lot yeah. of points there. Yeah, very, very odd yeah. season. But, but Alpine it is strange, because in the time that Alpine have been going through their 100-race plan every every 100 races, Ferrari have dropped into the midfield and come back out again. McLaren have been in the midfield, Maya, probably Well, Mac- McLaren Maya. have done it about three <laughs> times, haven't they? Yeah. And obviously Aston Martin have as well. So it's like, how how long are you just going to be chilling in, in mediocrity? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a strange one, but... The drivers can hold their heads high. I'm not sure they're so sure about the uh, organisational structure of that team. But... And the absolute chaos that it's been this year. Never forget yeah. Belgium, when pretty much everyone got sacked. Yeah, yeah. The drivers are lucky they had engineers left at that point. Yeah, but, uh, bizarre. bizarre. I, think yeah, Alpine very strange. Is, I think Alpine could be sold off soon. You know, the you fact think? that they've brought... Well, they bought in private investors. Well, Renault clearly love, clearly love Renault. A, uh, don't want to one, don't they? Exactly. Clearly, Renault don't want to throw the money at it anymore. I think I think there's more problems afoot in the future. Is mm. all I'm going to say on that one. Uh, let's go up then towards probably a couple of feel-good stories, wasn't it? Or one of them that was definitely a feel-good story early on in the year, and one of them <laughs> that was kind of the talking point of the second half of the year. Aston Martin. I get that they scored a lot more points than last year, <laughs> but they should not have been fifth. Well, I would look in one direction for that. <laughs> oh, yeah, so would I. Fifth. And it's Lance Stroll, isn't it? Yes, very much so. We both predicted in fourth, by the way, because we are so vanilla in this. Um, yes, Lance Stroll ended up finishing, where was it? Tenth, tenth place? overall yes. in the Drivers' Championship. Far too close to those Alpines behind him. And the fact yeah. that he got beaten by rookie Oscar Piastri quite handedly. No podiums this year for Lance Stroll. The only driver in the top 12 to not get a podium, which is quite remarkable. Yes, yeah. It's like Kvyat a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Where it was, what's it, Kvyat, the Williams, the Alfa Romeo, and the Haas. Yeah, Yeah. the top seven teams, (laughs) drivers, all got podiums. Podiums, apart from Danny Kvyat. And his teammate got a win. What a goat. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Lance Stroll scoring between... Australia when he got P4 up until Brazil when he came P5 he had a 6th and a 7th a 6th and a couple oh. of 7ths which was something like 15 races so 
And Alonso yeah, would have scored is... more points in one race on a few occasions than he did pretty much throughout that entire stretch. Almost, yeah, yeah. So overall, it was a it was a good season for Aston. I know Matt's going to rinse them and be like, he should have finished at least fourth, maybe third. But in terms of overall trajectory, they've got a new driver in, and he's been phenomenal. Obviously, Fernando Alonso, and the team trajectory is on the up. In terms of like, I know you look at position in the championship, but looking at just pace and distance to the the front runners. In fact, are they even closer in terms of time to the first place just with how good Red Bull have been? I don't know. But yes, I think they, they can definitely take a lot of positives from this season. And yeah, Alonso is a very, very valuable asset. So I think they, they called that very well. To, oh, uh, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that Aston Martin got everything wrong this year because, of course, you know, they have moved up the order. They have scored a lot more points than they did last year. But it feels like they went into they ended last year with more momentum than they've ended this year, which is odd. I think you know, don't get me wrong, they can look mm. at a lot of the positives this season, but I think they've also hopefully going to look back this winter and go, right, okay, we did this, this, and this right, but we did this, this, and this catastrophically wrong. <laughs> and I because yeah. let's be fair, again, they should have been comfortably P two heading into the summer break. And even, you know, because it does happen a lot. A team will take the car direction the wrong way for the second half of the year, and you're on damage limitation. And yes, they came back strong towards the end of the year, albeit not in Abu Dhabi again. They seem to have just fallen off slightly. But they should have been comfortably ahead of McLaren if they had a second, if they had a competent second driver, and they should have probably been in the fight with Ferrari and Mercedes. All I'm going to say on the matter. Well, you look at the drivers' championship, and Alonso was in the fight with Hamilton and Leclerc. Exactly. So, well, Leclerc, not Hamilton, by the end. He was twenty. No, what's that? Twenty-eight points behind is probably in the fight. I would say. Okay. Um, and yeah, Stroll is in the fight with Piastri and Gasly. So that kind of puts it in perspective. No disrespect to those two drivers, but the cars they're in, obviously, they Stroll should be doing better. But I think this is very well covered material before so yes, yeah. yeah it was a good season news, isn't it, by the end of the year um in terms of where so we both got one point for aston martin being in the wrong spot we put them p4 and i remember being really really worried to put them p4 at the start because it's like yeah. they literally finished sixth last year or seventh last seventh season, wasn't it yeah they um, obviously finished fifth in the end you put lance strulevich in p12 i put in p11 so i actually got an extra point there a one fewer point which is better you got him bang on well done no sorry you were one point sorry i was one out Uh, alonso so far he did well didn't he seven yeah he did well to clutch up that p4 at the end he did he did he very easily could have finished seventh and then i didn't then we both got points so we both wouldn't have got points (laughs) yes (laughs) we both would have done well who plays golf what a dumb sport (laughs) <laughs> crazy, crazy. Uh, fourth place though, McLaren. Definitely, I think a team to watch as we head into next year, isn't it? Obviously, we predicted them both in P six because again yep. they were nowhere at the start of the year. Uh, I predict. Sorry, we both predicted Norris in eighth. However, you predicted Joe Guanyu to beat him this year, and I said Piastri <laughs> would finish eleventh. Talk me through that yeah. choice, Jamie. Well, I just I didn't think he'd drown in the sport. I just thought McLaren was going to be horrific and Norris would make a difference kind of like he did in 2022 really where the midfield was so tight I kind of predicted that Alfa would be able to trouble the midfield uh the likes of McLaren and 
obviously Alpine and that lot. So I was predicting a ridiculously tight midfield with Norris to kind of hold his head above the water just about and yeah. Piastri to kind of be in it, which is why there's such a discrepancy between P8 for Norris and P14 for Piastri, which is what I predicted. To be fair, there is... Like, Norris had more than 100 points than Piastri. Yes, yeah. No, I I accept, you know, Piastri... (laughs) It's weird, isn't it? Because if you look at it on face value, Piastri didn't have a particularly great season. But there were a lot of occasions where... Not saying he got thrown under the bus, but there were strategies that favoured Lando. Especially throughout kind of the midway... Exactly, team (laughs) orders and strategies that favoured Lando Norris a bit more. But let's not forget, Oscar Piastri finished the sprint race in Qatar with a win, and Lando Norris still hasn't done that. Um, so, True. You know, and, is... like, Norris is quite clearly right now the faster driver. So I, I think would it's right. say that's going to be more and more... Because yeah. remember, yeah, so right now Norris Belgium, is... including sprints, Piastri actually did a better job in qualifying than Norris did. Yeah, but Piastri's quality pace is better than his race pace. I think even the race that he did out-qualify Lando, Lando always had him at arm's length in the races, generally. Mm, on a few occasions, not always. So I, I think, think I think there's McLaren. a little bit of salt in there because you said Joe would beat Piastri like he didn't <laughs> in Formula Two. I like I like Oscar <laughs> Piastri. I think he's great, but I do think Norris is next level right now. And obviously Piastri is still young; he's younger than me, which is concerning. So um, yeah, I think Piastri will definitely be up there in his future. But right now, he's needs to work on his race pace a touch to get with Lando in the races. I think next year he is going to be more yeah, of a problem it's a for Lando season. Norris. I'll cut him some slack. Exactly. I think he's. I think Lando Norris is going to start having a bit of a thorn in his side, but I've said that for quite a while now. Uh, how so many points Lando, is that then? I put Lando eighth, which gets me a plus two. And me. And you a plus two. Yeah. Uh, oh dear, what if Piastri finished? Ninth. A, a ninth. So I got plus two there, you got plus, I got five. plus five. Oh. That might be a difference maker. That could be. Although we shall see. The front, the front of the grid is obviously... Where the money is, so <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, P three this year. In the end, it was a very, very tight battle to the end of the year, wasn't it? Which I think we called heading into the campaign. Uh, but it was Ferrari that ended up P three by the end of the year, which you did get bang on. I was slightly optimistic in saying they'd finish P two, but to be honest, heading into Abu Dhabi could very easily have happened and looked like yeah, for a lot of Abu Dhabi it could have had they not thrown Sainz under the bus. Yeah, it was just bizarre what they were doing with Carlos Sainz. Um, I think it was, let's get the extra wind tunnel time. I don't think so. The way that Leclerc was trying his absolute hardest to get P2 in the constructors, I think if they were trying to get wind tunnel time, they'd, they'd have gone in that. Like, they would have just been like, yeah, just finish P2, don't try anything to Leclerc. But he obviously did try his best to give yeah, yeah, the P2. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, I think they were the only other team to win a race. Bar Red Bull Racing, of course. Um, Red Bull winning. It's just a bit weird. It's it's very strange that the only, like, the wins this season just look bizarre, don't they? Because it's, what, 19 in P1, 2 in P2, and then 1 in, like, P7? Yeah. (laughs) Which just looks ridiculous that 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th didn't win a race, but 7th did. Uh, (laughs) Oh, sorry, the drivers... Yeah, thinking, the drivers' championship. Williams didn't win a race. What are you no. on about? Did I did I sleep through this? <laughs> no, Alex Albon is not a race winner, sadly. Uh, but yeah, Science obviously took his one opportunity, the one real race where Red Bull were off the pace properly, and Carlos Science took home the win in Singapore. So 
he deserves credit for that, although he did lose to all of his rivals in the championship other than George Russell, you could argue. Uh, and and yeah, Stroll, was... he beat Stroll. Oh yeah, he beat Stroll, to be fair. And Piastri. Um... <laughs> yes, indeed, he did. But I put Charles Leclerc P3, and he obviously was P5, which is a shame. And I put Carlos Sainz P6, and he was P7. So another little one there. Not, you did not ideal for me. Leclerc P2, runner-up in the championship, which did not amount to be the case. And Carlos Sainz P6 too. So similarly, plus one. Do we? Th- is it a good season for Ferrari? Uh, no. Right, okay. <laughs> no uh, for discussion. I, I think, unfortunately, you know, the whole idea in the end was, of course, you know, they they bottled a few races in the first half of 2022, and then the whole talk was how, you know, Mattia Bonotto, that famous quote, I don't see a reason why we can't win every race in the second half of the year. Oh, they yes. then didn't win a single race for the second half of 2022. Mattia got shown the door, which is fair. I think Ferrari thought heading into this year it was going to be a lot more about being measured early on, potentially keeping their cards close to their chest, and Red Bull built a rocket ship. The fact Mm. that they'd lost out to Mercedes, you know, there were a few races at the start of the year, I think Saudi is always the big one I remember, where Ferrari looked a distant fourth behind Aston Martin and Mercedes and obviously Red Bull at the front. There never should have been a situation where Ferrari were that far behind you know the fact that it felt like it was a clutch effort in many ways to even be in that fight with Merck to the end of the year when a season beforehand you could have you know had you played your cards right still had a championship fight that went on towards the end of the year I think again you know I think for Fred Vasseur it was all about steadying the ship and they were probably helped that Red Bull had a rocket ship that Mercedes couldn't try and win a few races here and there. Yeah, but I think Ferrari got to go back to the drawing board. The wind does paper over the cracks quite a lot, I yeah. feel. Because, you know, they can be like, well, Red Bull had the measure of everyone, so we did well to get a win. It's that kind of thing where it's like, did you actually do that well? I think they did. I think they did okay. But it wasn't, you know, it's maybe a 55% season. I, th- I think the problem with it is, is since, what, 2005? With the exception of a couple of seasons here and there, Ferrari have basically always been P2, P3. And they haven't... Mm. And well, obviously, oh wait, oh seven, oh eight. obviously they won a couple of championships there, I forgot about. But for the last 15 <laughs> years, they've been close, but no cigar. And of course, that's the Ferrari curse, all this, that and the other that you want to talk about. But ultimately... You know, and you can talk about a budget cap now, meaning, of course, you know, because they could just throw money at problems for so many years and still weren't making it stick. They've done well, but not well enough still. They're Ferrari at the end of the day. I'm going to stick. They like to use their cliche. I'm going to steer into their cliche for a minute. They should be winning more races and they should be in more championship fights. Simple as. I agree. Yeah. It's hard to disagree, really, with that. They really. In terms of value for money, they're probably one of the worst teams on the grid. Oh, I, so. I reckon, yeah. The fact I've always said it's a thing <laughs> for the amount of money that Ferrari have had throughout the entirety of Formula One. The most impressive thing is how little they've been able to win in that time. Yeah, like they should have. This sport should have basically been called Ferrari throughout most of its seventy-year history. Had that team had any sense of seriousness to it, <laughs> and in the last. 50 years they've had two spells of 
30 years without a championship, sorry, 20 years without a championship, and now 15 years without a championship. Staggering. So, Staggering. Yeah. Yeah. Big shame. And another team, though, that's in a bit of a, a bad spell at the moment, isn't it, Jamie? Of course, Mercedes. P2 overall. Looks looks great on paper, but of course, yeah, a long, long way back um, behind yeah. Red Bull there. George Russell, a pretty anomalous season, wasn't it, for the most part? Two podiums in the end. Uh, kind of got carried a bit by having a good final race in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, people just remember that all winter now. Exactly, so. uh, for P8 there. But Hamilton, I think an underrated campaign, slightly underrated for P3 in the end. Yeah, yeah, it was. He had to have a, good, a very strong season. It was he not, not nowhere near his best. Um because yeah, toward, like his qualifying form especially seemed to drop off a cliff towards the end. But uh, yeah, I think Russell had a really poor season, and I think by his own admission, he's very disappointed with that. Um, I yeah, I I yeah. bought into the hype and put Russell above Hamilton, which is a bit embarrassing. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, and I absolutely didn't. No, so you put Hamilton B three, so you got some points there. Bang on, bang uh, on. Well, you didn't get any points, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> Russell P. Five though, which got you a plus three. Although Russell definitely should have done better. Uh, I did even worse than that because I put Russell P four and Hamilton P five. So overall, I got six there, and you got three. So that's a bit rough. Uh, but I did put them second place, and obviously you put them third. So you did constructors get is my forty. Apparently, even though most of them we put the same, it was just the two we put the other way round. You've done slightly better yeah. than me. Um, yeah, I think you know. I remember talking about this at the start of the year. Um, I think you fell into the hype, weren't you? But obviously, Russell beat Lewis last year. And I think, to be honest, Russell, looking at it, has kind of fallen into that as well. Yeah, he overrates himself, it feels. He's just a massive hype man for his own ability. I, I still think a lot of people forget, of course. And you, I, I know I'm well aware I've banged on about it more than once on this <laughs> show. First of all, how much, how many bad car setups Lewis ran at the start of 2022... Yeah, you know, Imola, Saudi—they're probably two of the big examples. Baku as well, where he was just trying stuff that Mercedes didn't know if it would work. It was kind of one of those shot in the dark setups, quite a few times, and of course they didn't work. And then Hamilton, basically from Canada onwards, was better than George last year for the most part. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget as well. Obviously, he came off probably what I would imagine was the worst winter of his life. Because we, yes. we can we can sit here and talk about whatever we like as armchair fans. I can't imagine but what he was going through. I cannot winter. begin to imagine how many nights you're up at three in the morning just, you you know, I would have thought, you know, because Formula One, obviously, if you're a driver, is your entire life. There would have been countless nights, I bet, where he woke up at four in the morning dreaming about that and that kind of thing. And mm. or nightmares, really. And that, I think, really, you know, because let's be fair... Would either of us have blamed him if he just hung up his helmet then and gone Not I'm dumb? Or even taken a year out? But he didn't. He came back and I think for George Russell, obviously we got to the end of 2022, he got that win as well in Brazil. And there was probably an element of, hey, hang on a minute, I might be the big dog here. Yeah, you know? maybe I'm on top. And I think out. to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if it was Mercedes' plan as well. I think they were hoping that Russell would stay close to Lewis by the end of 2022 and maybe get the better of him in 2023. Unfortunately, I would also say that people talk about Alonso doing how well he's going at obviously his age. Hamilton's only, what, three, four years younger? Yeah. 
he is showcasing exactly the same kind of prowess. Yeah, yeah. I think he does it a different way to Alonso. He's less showy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Alonso. Absolutely. But he's still unbelievably fast. And especially the way he looks after tyres and the long stints, he's just phenomenal. So, yeah, 38 think, years old. He'll be 39 think, yeah. by the start of next season. Was doing very, very well. I think the thing is as well with Lewis, isn't it, of course, is people go, oh, you know, he, he spent all these years at the front of the field. He's never he's been challenged. <laughs> I, well, I was, you know, don't get me wrong, there was a couple of incidents this year. Yes, you kind of shoot your head at. Piastri, uh, obviously Monza and Qatar, probably the two big ones. But I do think as well there's got to be a bit of credit thrown in because when you look back at his early years in Formula 1, He's certainly now a much more well-rounded driver. You know, things like saving the tyres and things like that, which in a season like this comes into play when you go into the final race comfortably ahead. You can't lose any more places in the Drivers' Championship Mm. against what has been a very, very fierce pack this year. Yeah, and it's a good job because he had a shocker in Abu Dhabi, so fair play. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think he'll be disappointed this season, but he's driven well. And that's I think, yeah, he, he might be disappointed that he couldn't be Checo Perez, but I don't think sensibly. Yeah, well, it does, it's Mercedes' first winless year since 2011. I think yeah. the team are probably a little bit disappointed as well. Um, but I think there's probably a bit of renewed hope in Hamilton himself. You know, if there was any doubt creeping in, which he has said, there has been on yeah. a couple of times in the last couple of years, mm. I think he now knows full well. If Mercedes rock up to Bahrain next year and they got a car that can fight Max... I think he's ready to do that dance again. And get yeah. his elbow. I pray to God he gets his elbows this time. <laughs> well, yeah, he does love a little fight with Max Verstappen, doesn't he? So <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't say no to that. Uh but yes. Did we go over what yeah we did go over what we put them, didn't we? So that leaves yes. just one team left and uh I wonder where they how they got on this season. Red Bull Racing. Yes. Our favourites. Our absolute favourite team who Speak for ruined, ruined the sport completely in 2023. But they, they've killed. That's it off. what they're here to do. It's the reason so. why there's only six people watching this podcast rather than <laughs> 600. Um, yes, but yeah, you, uh, you can't but really fault them. To be fair to them, you go into a sport trying to win everything you can, and that's pretty much what they've done. Yep. So fair play, fair play. They obviously won the championship by an arm and a leg, and the rest of the body too. Um, Max Verstappen relentless champion one of the greatest seasons by an individual driver of all time it's hard to argue probably well statistically the greatest i wonder no yes, Schumacher 2002 podiums in Depends every race which stats you use Podi- podiums in every race jamie max was one off <laughs> yep he was one off you're absolutely right podiums in every race yeah I'm and not I'm not, with you, I'm not even a Shumi fan. I'm not even. It says it all. I'm not even a Shumi fan. Okay, the second best season of all time. <laughs> uh, yeah, ridiculous. Only the third time a driver has completed every lap of the cheat of the championship. Uh, yeah, frankly, ridiculous. Alien. Simply lovely, as he would say. Simply, simply lovely. And you know what? I am a fan of his. I do like to see him do well. I also am a fan of Formula 1, so I would like to see some interesting races at some points. But I am pleased that he's he's getting his legacy sorted out nice and early doors <laughs> in his career. I think that, so, that there was a small worry, wasn't there, for a couple of years. I think it's sort of 2017, 2018, when he was going through some of his crash-prone phases. Mm. Well, we were kind of there going, don't get me wrong, this kid has got the pace. 
But is he ever actually going to win a world championship? And of course, yes, we knew. He started at age 13. He was always going to win <laughs> a championship. Just the laws of mathematics were always going to force it in. What could well be a 25-year campaign or something mm. like that. He was always going to win a couple. Um, but Honestly, yeah. as soon as he kind of shook off Danny Rick from that team, he's been driving at a different level, I think. I think that team really, obviously was allowed to get yeah. further moulded around him. But at the end of the day, really, a certain since... German in a certain Italian team that did that back in the mid nineties. <laughs> for some drivers, is what you got to do, plain and simple. Yes, and I think to be honest, the turning point for me was after the Monaco crash in practice in 2018. Ever since then, yeah. Yeah. he's been driving at a ridiculous level. And yes, the reliability has not always been there, and there's been a few mistakes or bad driving creep in, especially towards the end of 2021, where pressure massively got to him. But this season. He has been ridiculous, and like it's it's hard to argue with nineteen wins no. and two sprint wins. No, sorry, three how many wins. Three is four it? sprint wins. Is it four? Yeah, yeah. So you know he's he's scored on average. He's got more than twenty five points per race. <laughs> was it was it still twenty five at the end of the year? Yeah, it, must it was above twenty five. Yeah, that's mad, isn't it? Absolutely mad. Uh, helped, of course, obviously by those sprint races and the fast lap bonus points. But uh, yeah, and the car know. has been one of the best cars the sport has seen ever, but yes. not quite the best. No. I think we both agree. I think we'll but, both yeah. still give that to the MP4-4. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, I but, think, you know, you, you can't take anything away from Max with the year he's had. Um, you know, again, coming from someone that is a Max fan. I'd like to see him get put under a bit of pressure, see if this time around he can survive it a bit better than he did the first time. Well, I'd say he survived um, it last time. He just could have dealt with it better. <laughs> well, that's okay. Um, but you want I want to. Well, right. Uh, I want to <laughs> see, you know, I, even if it's not Lewis, I want to see sort of a Leclerc or a George Russell go up against him, get the elbows out. Oh, I, I, just, I think I just want to fight next year. Alonso, that would be. That would be quite something. I think the problem with Alonso doing that is it would be the end of one of their careers in terms of perception. <laughs> and I'm not sure which driver I'd want to see it happen to more. <laughs> Speak up if you're a Hamilton fan right now. That's how it goes. Uh, yeah, obviously, Max Verstappen, I don't know if you noticed this, he's third on the all-times win list. He is. It's mad. We said this, though, at the half, like yes. early on in the year, didn't we? We were like, oh, Max could I be said third at the beginning by the end of the, of the year. And then we were like, oh, no, I he won't do that, though. It'll be close to Seb, but he won't do that. I said <laughs> that he ahead. would overtake Senna, and you were like, no. <laughs> Max. Max. And now he's 13 ahead of Senna. It's ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, he's done more place. races, though, than Senna, hasn't he, I think? Probably. Senna already did 10 years in Formula 1. Max is almost there with a lot more races a year. 185 starts for Max Verstappen. Oh, Senna already did like 160. 160, yeah, wow. That's mad. Wow. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's been an insane season. This is not a Red Bull loving affair. Uh, no, it is not. Matt is here. Uh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. When Jamie does the podcast. Back to so the much. predictions. I actually got a clean sweep, which I'm very happy with. You got them perfect. I will. I will. I bought into the hype that they made a ridiculous rocket ship and put Red Bull P1, Max Verstappen P1, and Perez P2. And you put Sergio Perez down in P4, which yeah. is not not great. Uh, to be so, fair, yeah. I almost was not far out. Had Hamilton just had a couple of better races later on in the campaign, and Leclerc just not crashed as much. <laughs> well, it, it's a lot Perez, of what ifs, isn't it? it? Yeah, uh, no, it is a lot of what ifs, but it, it's not out like the realms of possibility, was it? 
with the way Perez has driven this year. He's had a worse qualifying average than either of those two. Yeah, yeah. Perez has had a very poor year, and if he doesn't buck his ideas up, he'll be out of that team. I think he'll be gone. My bold call before we head into the new year, he'll be out of that Red Bull car, sorry, pardon me, Um, ready for Daniel Ricciardo to get back in it for the Monaco Grand Prix. I'm saying it now. No way. I'm saying it now. (laughs) That's my bold call for the winter. What's my bold call? Uh, Lando Norris to win a race. <laughs> yeah, that, that's well, before that Monaco or just next year? <laughs> just any race next Fair year. Enough. Not a sprint. No, win a Grand okay. Prix. Win a real race. Um, I, I genuinely don't know who who is known wheel better this year. I think we both I, did pretty poorly, to be honest. I don't know. I don't think we did badly. Bear in mind, we're trying to guess at a 20 in a lot of occasions. I think I had one plus six. You had a couple of plus fives, didn't you, in there? Yes, yeah. So my overall sum, given that zero would be the best as possible. Uh, and you could, you I, could get upwards of like 600 points in this. You could, going. you could. If you did the opposite, 500, you'd, you'd yeah. get a very high score. Or like 481. No, I, I got 46 points. Which That's is, not bad. It's not bad. So that's, that's less av- than two out for no, drivers over, and teams combined. Two. Oh, sorry, we didn't combine. Yeah, all, right. but over 30 options. That was just the drivers. Overall, I got 58. Oh, sorry. With, sorry. Combining with uh, Constructors 2. So you were about two out on average. 58 out of 60. No. Wait, what? No, it's out of like 480 or something. isn't it? Well, it's 58 yeah, a over one point, 30. An average inaccuracy of 1.93. That's not bad. That's not bad going. That's not bad going at That's the end of the year. Have I done better than, better than Jamie? I did better in our <laughs> predictions this year. I've got to keep making sure I bang You're going to love this. You're going to um, absolutely love no. this. You scored 58. <laughs> <laughs> so I did better on the driver's front, though, I assume. You did. I got 44. I got two extra on the constructors. You got two extra on the drivers. So... So two less, sorry, you mean? Uh, yes, as in yeah. you did two better. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I, To be honest, I'm going to claim that as a moral victory because <laughs> that's over 20 drivers that <sighs> I was more accurate on. But my, I was 12 out in total on the teams. So that's like 1.2 in accuracy. That's, that, that's, that's not that difficult. I was 1.4 out. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yes, we do follow a predictable sport, sadly, but especially in 2023. We can hope that 2024 will bring... New Horizons and Joe Guan Yu will get a podium. Uh, yes, or maybe yeah. beat Oscar Piastri for the first time ever in his racing career. Well, in, F4, F4 Asia 2022. Did Oscar Piastri compete in F4 Asia 20? Why am I even having this conversation? <laughs> I'm not I, I completely it. forgot he showed up for that. <laughs> yeah, against a bunch of kids. Easy win. He just beat up some. Was that 2022, was it? Was that, that was last between... winter or twenty twenty one into twenty two? Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting ready for my Formula One debut. I'm gonna go beat up some fourteen year olds. It was to get super license points. That's was... where he already had them, though, didn't he? Well, he would have done by the end of his F two campaign, but like yeah. at that point, he was just playing the playing the field, wasn't he? Absolute madness. Oh, Jamie, exactly. well, that has been a very very fun recap, though. Um, it has as I we head that. into the winter. I, I think we're I... right. I think, yeah, the fact we tied goes to show just how predictable the sport is, but I, I'm going to claim the moral victory. <laughs> I am absolutely claiming the moral victory on that one, because I got drivers Back in closer. the day, we used to only do product, uh, constructors, so I think, traditionally, I win. No. But there we go. No. But, as always, uh, is, any, is any news happened in F1, Jamie, in the hour we've been rambling on? I mean, I very much doubt it. I so do I, look. but you never know. 
You just never, ever know. Uh, Not of that course, I can tell. Quickly, we've got to mention it at the start of the show because Jamie just jumped in with Logan Sargent. Um, we've got, what, three podcasts left after this one going out on the Matsu and Two YouTube channel. Uh, they will, I believe, all be iceberg videos. We might do a quiz uh, in the last week of 2023. So, yeah, go get yourself subbed to the Knowing Wheel channel. Uh, we're up to 300 and... 13 subscribers, 315 subscribers, so a massive thank you to all of you uh, that have subbed over there. But yeah, Jamie, as always, it has been a pleasure, and we'll be back next week then with the iceberg. I'm looking forward to that because it's been months since we jumped into one of these. <laughs>